This week on the Sound on Sight Walking Dead podcast, we talk about Season 5, Episode 3, Four Walls and a Roof, written by Angela Kang and Corey Reed, directed by Jeffrey F. January. We'll be right back after this. Welcome back to the Sound On Sight Walking Dead podcast. This is Kate Kalzik, TV editor over at Sound On Sight, and I'm joined as ever by my wonderful co-host, general editor, editor-in-chief, uh, Mr. Ricky D. Ricky, how's it going? Hey, Kate. Holy shit. I'm, like, creeped out. Did you notice we got an elementary school yesterday? Yeah, we did. I was freaking out. Yep. For those who may be newer listeners, uh, Ricky is magic because whenever he says he wants to see something on the show, it happens. Sometimes there's a delay and sometimes there's not. We'll get into that a little bit, but before we do, I want to welcome our guest uh, this week, which is Jake Petrie from Movie Mezzanine and, of course, Sound On Sight. Jake, welcome to the podcast. Hi, lovely to be here. Um, And as we always say at the top of the podcast, this will look at just this episode of The Walking Dead. We're not going to talk about anything that we know to happen in the future which is easy for me because I don't know anything that's going to happen in the future. None of us have screeners for advanced episodes and I haven't read the comics. Jake, uh, what's your relationship with the walking dead comics? I have not read any of them. So, (laughs) and Ricky, Uh, I've read quite a bit, but I won't talk about the comics. Yeah. We're going to just keep this conversation to things that have, have happened on the show, things that happened this week on the show. And, uh, Uh, Maybe things that have already happened in the comics and compare contrast, but nothing that hasn't happened yet. No worries. No, no spoilers be here. So let's dive in with four walls and roof. And uh, Jake, at least for me, and I I think also for Ricky, we've been really positive on the season so far. We're only three episodes in, but how, how is season five shaping up for you? Yeah, I mean, I have to, I guess, confess, because I have a really complicated relationship with this show. I haven't really... Like, I kind of go back and forth week to week. I, it kind of depends on, like, what mood I'm in. Uh, I think Ricky brought this up last week where he was talking about um, how the show works best when it finds this balance between gory action and character moments. And I feel like it really often doesn't do that. But I think I kind of agree with you guys, though. This season, though, has found a really good balance of that. And I think this episode kind of continued that. Ricky, how about you? How did uh, this episode shape up? Did it continue the trend? Oh, Jake, we all have a complicated relationship with The Walking Dead. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, I like this episode. Uh, it's weird. Like, yeah, I like this episode. I like the season so far. You know what I really like about this episode is the fact that even when it's not subtle, for example, when Gareth is giving his big speech and you see the zombies in the background and they are about to break mm-hmm. through the, uh, the glass uh, window, I guess. And at the same time, they are eating Bob's leg. Like, again, the images are not very subtle, but for some reason that scene works. And it works especially because of Bob's breakdown. Like, you want to talk about great acting. That's some of the best acting I think we've seen in quite a while in The Walking Dead. When he starts laughing hysterically and then he lets out the big reveal, which, of course, we already knew or at least assumed. But, of course, Garrett and his his goons didn't know that he was bit. 
Um, I thought that was a really great scene. And what I love about this episode, when it comes to the end of the episode, once again, they rush through this whole storyline involving the cannibals. And we will never know if they would have been infected and and if they would have turned into zombies or not. Yeah, that's kind of my question, too, because I don't really keep up with, like, what it's like in the comics. Like, what kind of effect would that even have had? Would they have even turned? I don't know, but I will just say, and this is not a spoiler, in the comic books, the actual cannibal storyline is very brief. It's like uh, maybe two or three issues at tops. Okay. The I do know that uh, just from what people have been saying that that tainted meat, like that line, is direct, a direct lift, as I understand, and is uh, an, an iconic moment from the from the comic. And uh, yeah, again, and I commented on this last week, and in the premiere we talked about this as well. I love that they're churning through plot right now. We, they set up Gareth as this sort of uh, malingerer who's going to, it seems like he's going to be around and like kidnapping different parts of the group and oh no, but then they resolve it in the episode and I'm just very glad to have uh, everything with Terminus wrapped up in three episodes. Not just in one, that'd be a little tidy so they do it in three. Um, that this notion is like, oh well we cooked, we, we cooked him. Guys, it'll be fine. Uh, you know, it was just hilarious. And again, such, you know, the Bob's the perfect character for this, not only because he's the right level of interesting versus non-essential in the group that, uh, you know, his death has has impact, but um, we also believe that they're going to kill him, you know, uh, in a way that maybe we wouldn't some of the other characters. But uh, he's the optimist. And so the uh, <laughs> the fact that he's like, ha ha, I might be dead, but I was already going to be dead. And now you'll be dead, too, was just just delightful. Yeah. And I like the way they contrast um, Bob's attitude with the rest of the group, including Sasha and the way Tyrese is brought into the room. And he's the person that puts the knife into his head. And uh, yeah, I also like the fact that his name is Bob and there's all these running jokes now like Bob's Burgers or Bobby Q. <laughs> uh, but, yeah. but how often do we actually get to see a scene in which the camera really lingers on the death of a major character? Like the, the it was a really heartbreaking, touching moment when he has the final goodbye with Sasha and he doesn't even get to finish the conversation. I mean, I even just liked the scene earlier with uh, with Rick and uh, Judith. You know, I like the way that they're incorporating her a little bit more this season, or at least the idea of her, because that would be a powerful image in this kind of a scenario. Yep. I think it is interesting that Bob is the one that was chosen since he's always held up as like the most optimistic character. And it kind of goes into like a problem I have with the show where they always just seem to revel in the cynicism and that always seems to be their go-to thing. Like, look at all these monsters. Like, you have to be a monster to survive in this world. And it's just kind of like this tendency that the show has and it's just further sending that message by getting rid of Bob and being like, yeah, we're going to continue to revel in the cynicism and keep wondering about how morality even fits into this world if it does at all. Yeah, I got completely uh, a different take on it. I think they needed to kill Bob because, like Kate said, Bob is the most optimistic person. And that conversation he has with Rick towards the end of the episode is so important because it's going to help Rick keep focused and not turn into a guy like Gareth. And just by him holding the baby and Bob saying that just by watching Judith and seeing him hold Judith, he thinks that there's a possibility for a bright future and they will eventually get, you know, get past this whole like zombie plague. So 
I think it's important that Bob basically dies for the main character to show the central character, Rick, and for the group to continue on. Well, see, but, you know, the when I look at the group, there is sort of a split in the way that the group, you know, divides at the end of the episode where, um, you know, it's not a coincidence that Maggie, Glenn, and Tara are the three who aren't, you know, savagely beating to death Garrett's, Garrett's yeah. group. I mean, they're there to help, but they, you know, they are not doing that part of it and they're sickened by what by what they see and then they leave with the group who's trying to save the world the thing is i don't know i don't want to speak for you jake but i know ricky and i uh we don't believe eugene and so when when uh it's revealed if that is the case that eugene has just been playing abraham this whole time i don't know that abraham's optimism is gonna survive Bob's optimism was a very different type, uh, you know, different approach to the group. And so I'm, I'm hoping that with this group, with Maggie and with we get a little bit of it here with Glenn as well, that we get some other sources of optimism and uh, things to, to buoy that potential change in Rick. Yeah, I think it's just like a weird dichotomy for me between when he's being this optimistic person and saying, you know, nightmares end, but they shouldn't end who you are. And then Tyrese is saying like that whole thing killed him. And Rick's like, no, it didn't. But then with the scene in the church where they're just savagely beating those people. And I guess they kind of deserve it. But at the same time, it's pretty monstrous. Like it's just a weird dichotomy to be like, have those two things and still think that you're not going to be affected afterwards. If that makes any sense. Oh, it absolutely does. But I, I think it's not the first time we've seen Rick just brutally kill someone. I mean, remember oh, way no. back in prison, he took the big machete and put it through a guy's skull. But the thing about Rick is he's, he'll always be on that line. Like, And it's a really fine balance of insanity to trying to keep saying that he's walking. Like, I mean, I, that's why I think he needs scenes uh, or and we need scenes in which we do see Bob just kind of smile and talk about how great Judith is and how there is hope. Uh, cause they need to find a, char- a balance for this character, Rick, because regardless of if you like the character and or not, and or the performance by Andrew Lincoln, some people don't, some people do, he is the central character of the show and he's not going anywhere anytime soon. I don't even think they'll even kill Rick Grimes off to be totally honest. Like, I don't, I don't, I think like mm-hmm. if the show lasts 10 seasons, I, I already mentioned this in the past. I think if there's three characters that need to survive for at least, you know, a good chunk of that running time and it's Carl, Rick and Judith. Like, I think if you take away Carl and Judith, then Rick's useless. And if you take away Rick Grimes, then that could cause a problem for the actual show because people are just accustomed to watching him at the center. When we talk about that scene, you know, with the the violence of it, it could have been shot in many ways. It could have been executed in many ways. And, you know, we didn't want to waste the bullets. Sure, I guess. But they have in the past. And so that, you know, yeah. they could have just cut off their head, but instead they like beat them. They cave in their skulls with the butts of their machine guns. There's a lot less violent ways they could have killed these people. Um, and instead the show and the writers had them do this. So they're clearly trying to make a, a point and make a statement about it. So I, I see that, that dichotomy, Jake, that you mentioned here. And um, yeah, I, I think they also just wanted to have that monologuing scene with Gareth. And I mean, that was, I just needed him to just, you know, just put like mid sentence, just cut off the monologue. Cause are you kidding me? You were just saying that you, that you liked baby Judith. That can mean one of two things that can mean, Ooh, I'll get to ter- raise my own baby cannibal. Or I bet she's delicious with a little squeeze of lemon. Uh, either way, just, just 
you, there's no, there's a zero percent chance that this person is gonna be able to talk their way out of it. Let's not waste our time. Gareth probably saw Snowpiercer and he knows that babies taste best. <laughs> but that is one scene in the episode that didn't work for me because correct me if I'm wrong, but didn't we hear Gareth have sort of like the same monologue in the last episode? And in the first episode of the season, we heard his mom have the exact same monologue. We weren't like yeah. this in the past. We we changed because they forced us to. It's like we've already heard this like three episodes in a row. So that specific monologue towards the end did not work for me. And um you know, it's not that I didn't like the scene between Tyrese and Sasha. I just found it very odd when Tyrese starts telling Sasha that she should look for forgiveness. And I, I, I think I understand what Tyrese was trying to say here. He's trying to, he's trying to say like maybe she should forgive herself for maybe blaming herself for letting this happen to Bob. You know, maybe she feels somewhat responsible, but it just, it felt so odd. Like, didn't you think that the way his, his dialogue was written for him, it just didn't really make any sense. No, I thought it it did. I, I think for me, it's that notion of releasing the anger and rage before it uh, consumes you, which is something that we've seen him struggle with. Right. At the prison, especially, you know, obviously he's in a different situation where the person who caused him all this pain is Carol, who then he's close with now. Uh, that's a very different situation than, you know, cannibals kidnap my boyfriend. But uh, the, again, that notion of this, the pain and the anger and the rage will consume you if you do not release it. Find a way to forgive and let go of that part of it and just value these last moments you have. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I get what he was saying. It's just for some reason, the way he worded it, it just didn't, for me, this didn't really make much sense. Like, I'm not even sure if Sasha in her mind frame would even really understand the point he's trying to make. I mean, she just witnessed her, well, she didn't witness her boyfriend getting eaten by cannibals, but she's like at his bedside and she knows his leg was eaten by cannibals while he was watching and now she knows he's bit by zombies. I don't know. I think if you're in that kind of mind frame, it was just a little too murky. Like, the words just didn't come out right. But anyways... Um, what I want to also know is, so clearly Tyrese has become gun shy throughout, you know, I say like the second half of last season and all of this season, but I, it wasn't made clear to me that Sasha and the rest of the gang knew just how gun shy he is until this episode when she specifically asked him to stay behind and look after Bob because she feels he'll be useless on the road. Well, um, well, I wanted to mention before we move past it completely, I do think while I agree that the monologuing didn't work with Gareth, um, it does fit with his character. that He's going to try to weasel his way out with this, like this, he's going to try to play to this emotion or that that's truly what he tells himself. I believe I, I like that. They set up these guys like, Oh, it's the next big bad. And then really, no, they're, they're, they're really easy to kill. You know, this is not a, a hard group. This is not um, anywhere. They're not in Rick's league, even though they really think they are. Um, so that, that part of it did work for me. Um, yeah, but compare his monologue to, say, Martin's monologue back in episode one. Like, mm -hmm. like, like, even though I wasn't a big fan of the of the of the exchange between Tyrese and Martin in the cabin in the woods, and, uh, I think it was episode one, one, right? Yeah, episode one of the season. Like, just his, um, I don't know, his character and what he was saying and how cocky he was and how he was trying to play mind games with. Uh, Therese, for me, that worked really well. Like in that situation, when you know there's a good chance that somebody's about to kill you, you try to play mind games and find some kind of way out of it because you're so desperate. Whereas with Gareth, who's the leader of this group, like him just saying, oh, we weren't like this in the past. Like, I don't know. I just, I thought it would have been more effective if they found a way for him to try to sneak his way 
out of the conversation, uh, out of the execution, but I don't know. It just didn't work for me to monologue. Also because it's repetitive. Jake, what did you think? Well, I think uh, Ricky's kind of right because we did hear the exact same thing. It's not like this is like some kind of new Hail Mary he's putting on in the last minute. Um, it is it, like it, I don't know why he thought it would work if he's just going to go back to the same wheelhouse that they did not believe the last time. So it did kind of come off a little clunky to me. But I don't know. I kind of uh, agree that it's not it's not something that's really going to change his uh, outlook at the time. So I don't know why he would go to that. It's like, dude, you ate part of our group. I don't, you're not getting out of this. Yeah. And you just threatened to eat the baby. Yeah. Come on. I have a question for Jake. Do you think that the walking dead writes their heroes better than their villains? Uh, I would say absolutely. I was never into the governor. I don't know about you guys when you were watching those episodes, but that never worked for me, especially when they tried to humanize him. Yeah, and when they turned Shane towards the more villainous, that didn't work for me as well either. No, Shane was always my favorite character. Yeah, even towards the end? Yeah. Oh, yeah, I like Shane too. Yeah, I gotta disagree with you on that one. But yeah, Governor, not a fan. Especially especially the return of the Governor. Well, but how, what other villains are there to compare to? Because I, I think almost everybody agrees the Governor just did was terribly executed, did not work as a whole. Um, what other villains do we have? Is this a trend? Yeah, the four dudes in prison. Um, Garrett, to some degree. Um, yeah, I guess that's about it. Yeah, the well, zombies. <laughs> the zombies. zombies. Yeah, terrible dialogue for the zombies. It's just, you know, come on. Uh, let's get back to Tyrese. And uh, and this, you know, I, I like that we, first of all, when we see Martin this week. Last week, it, I don't know if it was just the angle but he he didn't look too messed up. I liked the touch of his face just being destroyed on the one side, all swollen and like so. At the very least, uh, Tyrese did beat the crap out of him. Um, so there, at least there's that. But the the episode not addressing Tyrese, not killing, like presenting it, but not not cutting to a reaction shot from Tyrese. Yeah. Uh, so so the actor has said he was surprised that Martin was alive, but we don't get a sense that. Tyrese was surprised that he was alive um, and, and also not showing, you know, Carol's not there, so she can't react to it. Um, was that, is that uncertainty a strength or a weakness of this episode for you guys? Um, I don't really think it's too problematic because at the end of the day, who cares? I mean, the guy's dead. It's not like he's returning or sticking around. And I think it just goes to reinforce the fact that Tyrese is very much, much a pacifist right now. And even if he's not aware that Martin is still alive and did return, um, cause I'm not entirely sure if he even, knows it's martin but um but the point's made that you know he didn't kill martin it kind of worries me when there's a character like tyrese and he seems to be such a pacifist because whenever you have we've had characters like that in the past they always just end up dead and this kind of just ties into my whole thing about the show being about cynicism overpowering everything else because like that's what herschel was and herschel ended up paying the price and Bob ended up paying the price. So I'm just, I guess I'm just kind of worried about Tyrese at this point. For me, it comes down to not Tyrese not killing him, but Tyrese, again, correct me if I'm remembering this wrong. Uh, Tyrese told Carol that he had killed him, right? So yeah. my issue is not him yeah. not killing him. My issue is him lying to the group about it. I don't think he said he killed him. I, said he t I think he said he took care of it. So okay. I think what happened was he snapped and maybe he beat the living crap out of Martin, uh, but he didn't kill him. And he knows he didn't kill him, but he didn't want to tell 
Carol because he knew that if Carol walked in the cabin, she would have killed him. Okay, so the threat was nullified, but he didn't actually say that he had killed him. So yeah. then it, he's not lying to the group about it because that's more of an issue for me. No, he, he he wasn't lying. He was. It was sort of like him using words to sort of sort of twist the truth. Like I mean, I guess in a way it is lying, but not really. He just says, "I took care of it. Don't go inside the but cabin." He, but like he didn't take care of it because he still ends up back with the Campbells. Right. He's implying to Carol that he did in fact kill Martin if she's willing to believe he did, and she does because she doesn't double check. Okay. So it's 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 a gray area. Speaking of, correct me if I'm wrong, I figure this is a good opportunity to mention the watch thing that we brought up last week. Oh. Uh, one of our listeners did chime in and give us an answer. Thank you so much, Steve. Uh, Herschel gave Glenn his watch, um, and then he there was the pocket watch from his father. Um, and Rick had given his watch to Sam when he was out on a run with, with Carol. They were going to rendezvous, and then we saw Sam get eaten. Um, but... And they left without him, and that's the watch that Carol saw. So that means that the group had come across or killed Sam. Or maybe we we saw her get eaten, but not Sam. Maybe that's Who what it was. Who the hell is Sam? I was just thinking that. There were the two, uh, like, the two hippies or whatever they run into in that house, and the one is, like, has, like, a limp. Oh, and it's, yeah. That's, and and he, Rick gives him his watch and says, we'll meet up in X amount of time. And we see one of the two get you know eaten or yep. killed by zombies right. and we don't ever find out what happens to the other so finding the watch at terminus implies that the terminus gang got him and yep. now rick has his watch back so that's what it was yay thank you so much steve i no longer feel like an idiot um, <laughs> let's move on to uh another part of this episode then uh let's talk about well let's talk about carol and her absence and that that ending because um they want us to think that carol's dead right but no, they can't no, kill Carol. No, they they don't want us to think that Carol's dead because when Daryl shows up, he doesn't look upset at all. Like he, in fact, he looks like he looks happy. He looks like he's got a good surprise hidden. I, I don't know. He's looked upset to me, Jake. What what did you think? Uh, really? Yeah, no, I think I think Ricky's right. I think the reveal, I guess, is just going to be Carol standing there with Beth, and then I feel like next episode we'll probably just have the whole Beth story told to us by them. Yeah, that's what I think too. That would make sense. It seemed because it definitely felt like he was trying to do a reveal because the way he's all like come out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but that that seemed to me like there was somebody that he knew the group would respond negatively to, so he wanted to be there first, kind of a thing. But I couldn't think of anybody they could have run across who used to be a foe who could become an ally. Um, it, the other thing that occurred to me is maybe Morgan is with them. No, well, yeah, uh, well. I don't think they're going to bring Morgan back just yet. I think, okay, here's what I think. First of all, I, last week I also asked for an episode in which we just get to see Carol and Daryl on the road and a whole episode's focus on Carol and Daryl. So I'm hoping to God we get that next week. I think Jake's yeah. right. I think next episode is going to be focused on their search for Beth. But I think when he pops up at the end of this episode, we're going to get that reveal either at the end of the next episode and or the episode after. And I think he's going to have some people along with him that we don't yet know. That's what I think. Uh, Morgan, I think they're going to bring Morgan back towards the uh, mid, the mid season. Uh, what do you call it? The mid season break. Mm-hmm. I think that's when we're going to get Morgan coming back. But I could be wrong. Yeah, it didn't even occur to me that there could be other people like this. This person who kidnapped Beth. Who who knows how many people they kidnapped? So yeah, there could be other people that now get incorporated. But here's the thing: we talked about this last season when 
when she gets kidnapped, it's unclear if the person's kidnapping her because they want to harm her and or because they are rescuing her because she's getting attacked by zombies. And maybe possibly they didn't know that Daryl was in the house also. Mm-hmm. That's true. But they don't listen to her. She says, was she knocked out or something? Wouldn't she say stop? Uh, I think they grab her and she's like screaming hysterically and then they drive off. So, yeah. Well, we'll, sure. we'll see what happens next week. I am also looking for it. looks like it's going to be a Beth-centric, and then I'm guessing cut back and forth with Carol and Daryl as well. So I'm looking forward to that episode, uh, certainly. And uh, I, I agree. I think it's going to end with the group, that portion of the group at least reuniting. Let's talk about the group split. Are you guys uh, excited to be following two different sets of, uh, of of the group again? The group split up again. Yes. They barely got back together. <laughs> I am. I don't know about you guys, but I am. And I like the fact that in this episode, Michonne also uh, gets back her katana. And I like, like, you know, like you mentioned earlier, Kate, I like the difference between Rick's group and Abraham's group. Like Abraham's group's on a mission. They're a little more optimistic, a little less insane and crazy when it comes to killing people. Um, and then we have like Rick and his group. Like it's Rick who, you know, just basically like, chopped the guy into like a million pieces with a machete in this episode. We have uh, Michonne with her katana and she's got all kinds of crazy like dark secrets from her past. And then we have, who else is in his group? Um, well, Carl and is Tyrese in his group? Yeah. And Sasha, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and there's Gabriel. I think having the group split up makes a more, it allows us to spend more time at the church and with Gabriel without it getting frustrating because the whole group is stuck there. So I think that'll give them some narrative possibilities. Uh, Jake, what do you think about this? Yeah, I think I would agree with that. Um, I do just want to talk about Michonne and getting her katana back, though, because I kind of was disappointed by that. Me too. Um, just because, like, last episode, she was talking about how she's just accepting that loss, and it kind of suggested her character was more than just having that katana, and her whole speech was, like, such a really good character moment. But then this episode, it's like, just kidding. She really is just all about that sword. So that was pretty disappointing to me. Really? I liked it because I felt like it was it was sort of implying that you can't really escape from your past and you can't really escape from the darkness of this world. And at the end of the day, she's still going to end up back to back in the situation where she was prior, where she has her katana sword and she has to fight these evil people. I mean, we've seen some crazy things on this show, including the governor and his daughter and the heads in, a, in a, an aquarium. But I don't think anything is as crazy as someone eating somebody in front of them. You know what I mean? Like, like that is just sick. Like the whole cannibal thing, I think, takes it to a new level because this is this is a show in which it's about a zombie plague. So people come back from the dead and they eat people, but we don't consider them humans. We consider them monsters. But when you actually have the humans doing exactly what the zombies are doing, I think like that's it. Like that's the straw that broke the camel's back. And like I think if she had found it before the whole cannibal thing, she might have just not taken it with her. See, I, I'm with Jake on this because I, I see what you're saying, Rick, but that's what so much of the show has been, this unceasing, just grueling, grinding down of char- the characters. And so we get this lovely character moment with her saying she's moved beyond that and that things don't matter. She And it really was the show presenting her as having progressed beyond this person that she was that was so defined by that sword she doesn't need the sword anymore obviously yes it's a very handy and badass weapon and she's very good at killing zombies with it so practically it totally makes sense for her to have a weapon like that however this this having this really lovely and rare moment of growth and positivity in the group, this really healthy reaction to having lost the katana. And then in the very next episode, having that snatched away, 
oh, it was disappointing. Hmm. I get what you're saying. It just didn't really bug me so much because it doesn't necessarily mean her character is going to go back to being the character she was, say, in season two. Yeah, maybe it's a little convenient. She finds a sword a little too quick. But it's like you said, the sword comes in handy. Like, it's a great tool to, to use when taking out a bunch of walkers, especially without making noise. So to me, it's kind of like the logical thing to do. Like, even if your heart's set on the conversation you had with Rick in the previous episode, the smart thing to do is to pick up the sword and use it because you're going to need it. That's true. It's the smart thing to do, and she does it. You know, it did. That moment could have not been laden with symbolism, but it was. <laughs> and so that's. Yeah. I think the symbolism <laughs> is what Jake and I are keying into. Well, and that's the thing about The Walking Dead. Like I said at the start of the podcast, it's never subtle when it comes to like the the reoccurring visual motifs and just the themes of the each and every single episode. Like it's not a subtle show. Mm-hmm. One of the other things that happens this week is we get the answer to Gabriel, and it's. Basically, it's 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 what we all thought it was. Only it's not even as active a choice because the way he kept saying, "I always lock the the church," didn't that make it seem like he didn't intentionally lock them out, but just like he was asleep and somehow like the church was always locked? It kind of made it seem like yeah, the church is always locked, and but at the same time, he didn't open the doors. Yeah, but what I mean is, why did, the way he kept emphasizing the church? Is I always lock the doors. I always lock the doors. It made it seem like this was not a different. It's not like he chose to 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 do it in this time. It's just the doors were locked. I think it's a man trying to find like it's a man admitting to what he did wrong, but yet at the same time trying to find excuses for what he did wrong. Yeah, he's just trying to justify it. I think because because he could have opened the door. I mean, he could have opened the door. He clearly stated that the zombies were coming out to kill the people. He could have maybe even saved one family. He saves nobody but himself. Okay. He's a coward. He's a coward. He's he's he, and this is what confuses me about him being a part of the group, especially st- specifically Rick's group, because now the group is split in two. Like, I would imagine if you had a character like Gabriel, you would put him on the bus with Abraham, because what are you going to do with Gabriel? Like, he can't fight zombies. He's scared of zombies. He can't even hold a weapon. You know what I mean? Like, that was the one odd choice that they made towards the end of the episode, keeping him with Judith, and maybe he'll beat a babysitter. Who knows? Well, but he's not in the group. The group is still in his space. We don't get a sense that he's, like, joined up with them. Um, where, and, and let's keep in mind, we were saying last week that the actor is, like, a, a series regular. Gareth was also a series regular, and they killed him in episode three. I know. So, so we don't know how long Gabriel's going to be with the show. Huh. Yeah, I don't know. What I just keep going back to with the... Um, the the way that I guess it just then for me it was confusing the way that they emphasized this I always locked the church that seemed to me to imply that he didn't do anything different meaning the church was locked because it was night not that he locked it to keep out the zombies um, and his dialogue is the dead came for them women children entire families calling calling my name as they were being torn apart, begging me for mercy, damning me to hell. Like, he basically implies that he didn't help them. Yeah, yeah. He, there's a lot of implication there. But if, this, if the dead are coming for that, like, they stuck around long enough to carve your burn for this mm-hmm. into yeah. the siding? I mean... Well, that could have been a character, like a person who maybe got away and returned to the church and was hoping he would still let them in, but didn't. And so they sketched the you will burn in hell at the side of the church. Like it doesn't necessarily mean it was done at that very instant when there's a bunch of people trying to cram into the church. Like who knows? But yeah, it was. That it was would a take disa- a while. It was a disappointing reveal. And it was 
telegraphed like from like two episodes ago and i don't know disappointing Mm -hmm. i do think that it you know it it answers any i like that 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 they do resolve the can we trust gabriel it's like oh no he doesn't have some extra dark secret he just has standard you know zombie apocalypse vanilla level dark secrets you know what was my favorite part of this episode and you might disagree but i really like the tension between rick and abraham and i like the fact that they almost had like a, a, a an actual physical brawl. Like I love the tension between them. And that's why I like the fact that they actually split up towards the end, because it's interesting to see someone, uh, you know, and we, I think we've had Shane do it in the past, but apart from Shane, it's interesting to see someone actually challenge Rick in and try to become the leader. And even the way Glenn responded to Rick, where he's like, it's not your call, like putting Rick in his place. Like he can't necessarily make the, all the decisions for the whole entire group at all, at all times. Yeah. I, I mean, and it felt, it's a little um, contrived, but it it also fits perfectly with their character types. I mean, Abraham is not a Daryl. He's not someone who's comfortable being the beta. So it makes absolute sense that he and Rick would bluster their way into an argument or or, or just, you know, a confrontation like this. So and I like that they walk away from it a little bit with the, the map because yeah, Abraham can be a dick <laughs> and he knows this. Uh, yeah. Jake, what did you think? Yeah, I was just going to say, I think there's like an actually really interesting character, uh, I guess just dynamic between the whole group now because like you have Rick as the ostensible leader and the alpha male and Abraham is kind of the same thing. So they kind of clash, but at the same time, the group is now more of a democracy per se, where you have Glenn and sometimes Daryl challenging him. So I think it was kind of an interesting way to just have Abraham in there challenging him and being like, um, like the, the, these time that these two can't live together anymore. So it was, I kind of appreciated the whole battle as well. Yeah, I got to quickly note, I love the scene in which um, Gabriel walks out after Rick and uh, his group kill <laughs> Gareth and his group. And he's just like, he's at a loss for words. And he's, he's like, this is the Lord's house. And Nagy's response, that was awesome. I hated her response. I loved it. I, loved I thought it, it worked. Oh, yeah. I loved it. I thought it was so funny. Because she's like, fuck you. <laughs> in her own kind of way. Like, oh, I thought it worked so well. And she's like we we had said last week that Herschel is the pastor, so she's she's the pastor's daughter, and she's been through a hell of a lot, and she's lost in her mind her entire family, and so to have that come from her as opposed to somebody else, and also in a she had like two lines of dialogue in this episode, so I thought it you know I liked the delivery from Lauren Cohan, and uh, uh, yeah I liked that you know she might not have a lot to, to say, but she has meaningful thing at least to her things to say. Rosalita got a line of dialogue this week. What? No. Oh, I missed that. That's crazy. <laughs> is Rosalita Rosalita is officially T Dog 2.0, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, wait, isn't it two point? Is it isn't it three point Didn't we already have a T Dog 2.0? Who was T Dog 2.0? Um, I've forgotten guy, them. So the other yeah. guy from the prison that died right away and had not, not not much left to do. Remember they introduced those four prisoners? Oh yeah. Kids? Yeah. The guy that they wanted us to think was love interest for Carol, right? <laughs> Mechanic guy? <laughs> yeah, he was all creepy and leery at Beth. Yes. Scraggly yeah. beard? Yeah. You know, these are how I know people. I, I do like that they give a, a shout out to Jim, who I don't remember who that was. I had to look it up, but he's he was in season one. But I like that they, you know, comment, you know, sometimes it takes people days, giving a little bit more believability to Bob, you know, not showing symptoms yet. Who, who was Jim? 
He was around in like episode. He they they left him. Isn't he the guy they chained to the tree? Because he was it's, bit. It's, Carol, it's Carol's abusive husband. Oh, okay. Yeah, he took. Like, he was bit, but he was taking like days to turn. Yeah. Right. They didn't want to kill him, or like he didn't want to. You know, he asked not to be killed, so they change him up to a tree. <laughs> He's probably still alive, chained to the tree. He's probably like still he, zombied. Yeah, he never actually killed. You no, know, maybe he never even turned into a zombie. I still think that the cure has to be in Judith because she's the only person that we know of who was born after the outbreak. So I think she's immune to the zombie uh, apocalypse. Yeah, that would be refreshing. That would be nice. Um, I don't know that they're going to even touch on a cure with the 10 foot pole. They want the, sh- the AMC wants the show to be around for a long time. Um, yeah. yeah. At least 10 seasons. Guys, tell me about your uh, Eugene theories. Cause I guess I haven't really thought about him lying. So I haven't really, what, what like, what, why do you guys think that he's lying? Uh, well, it, it has to do a lot with what I just said about Juliet. Like, I think if the, the showrunners and AMC has, say, like, at least a 10-year plan for The Walking Dead, we're only halfway through that 10-year plan. So they can't necessarily introduce a cure this soon. Like, I think, uh, I just I just think it's a little too soon to introduce even the possibility of a cure. Also, the way the actor plays the character be it his physical reactions, uh, his facial reactions, just the performance in general, it makes it seem like he's lying. Like every time they mention the cure or going to Washington, there's sort of like a slight pause. He doesn't really look people in the eye and he always seems to repeat the exact same response. So it just feels like he has this one response, like this one rebuttal, and that is it. Like, he doesn't really give much information. And also the way Sasha questioned him, like, I think it was on the last episode about it, or the episode prior. Um, Like, yeah, the first episode of this season, like, they were really drilling him because they just wanted to know if this guy was full of shit or not. I just think he's full of shit. Like, I really do. And, um... Yeah, the performance is incredibly shifty. But even outside of that, and granted, this could always just be that Eugene's a dick uh, to go uh, with uh, what we were saying earlier about a- Abraham. Uh, if if I was the only one who could cure the zombie apocalypse, I would be writing that shit down. Yeah. I'd yeah. be like trying to tell everyone, this is what you need to do. This is, you know, you know, I would be telling, I would be, you know, he talks about like, you know, I'm not going to write a manual. It's like, yeah, you would write a manual. Think of the only other scientific kind of person we've seen, which was starts with an M. Dallas um, Roberts. <laughs> yeah, Dallas. I, oh my God. Um, Martin? No, Melvin. Uh, uh, he was such a good. I like that character a lot. At the governor's camp, he would be writing down everything, trying to uh, make sure that even if should you know, because in this world there's so little certainty. The only certainty. If, is for us because we know it's a TV show and they're not going to cure the zombie apocalypse in season five. Um, but he, he could get killed in any number of ways. He could get a cold and die because they don't have that many meds. He should be trying to ensure that someone is able to cure it, even if he's not. And he, he doesn't care about that. So I don't even, trust him. Yeah. It's, it's not even just that. It's the fact that you would be obsessed with working on the cure. Like, I mean, when we talk about the character whose name we can't remember, even though I love that character played by Dallas Roberts, um, he was obsessed with his studies. You know, he had his like lab and he always took notes and et cetera, et cetera. Like this guy just kind of seems like he's just always in the background, avoiding danger. Like he also feels like a coward. Him and Gabriel just feel like cowards. And um, yeah, I just don't buy it. I don't think he has a cure. Um, I mean, well, not- and also 
Abraham seems like someone that it would not be that hard to con him. Um, <laughs> just based on his personality type, uh, he's, Eugene has a very handy little situation for himself where he's got two people who knows what Rosalie would do if Abraham wasn't there, but he's got at least one person who will do anything to keep him alive. And that's really handy in a zombie apocalypse. Yep. I guess it does bring up the moment in this episode when they're like deciding whether they should go or not. And they ask him and he's just kind of like quietly. He's just like, no, I think we should stay here. So I guess like it does, like the more you guys pointed out, the more I'm realizing, yeah, I guess he probably doesn't, have anything and he's just like conned abraham into protecting him for as long as possible that makes a lot of sense yeah hmm. and also just this doesn't feel like an optimistic show we've talked about this is such a cynical show nope. that i don't believe that there's a cure and also i, t- I had to tie this in with the stuff at the cdc as well that's the other you know based on what was happening there it didn't seem like there was a larger awareness you know of the situation and not that much time has, has passed but who knows what the writers are going to do? What are our final thoughts on, on this episode? Or, or Ricky, you get what you want. So what do you want next? I want new characters. Um, I'm not, you know, I'm not, I was actually shocked when I saw the elementary school because we're not entirely sure if any of those zombies were kids, but I'm pretty sure a lot of them were. Like, you know, it was like families and whatnot. But we got the elementary school, which is so mind-blowing. Uh, so I don't want to make sort of like a wish right now because I feel like I'm pushing it. But uh-huh. I do want to see new characters, which, of course, we're going to get new characters. But I want to see new characters that are actually not villains, like on the side of, say, maybe Abraham or uh, or new characters kind of um, meet up with. Like, I mean, like, again, like I, I really do think Daryl has a bunch of new people with him. So I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping to see kind of new people join the group. And um, and um, I kind of want to see Beth back. Yeah, so I was just going to ask, like, who do we think, like, without spoiling from comics, Ricky, but who do we think took Beth? Oh, actually, I haven't really read too far into the comic books. Like, I, I do remember reading the cannibal story, but um, uh, who do I think took Beth? I honestly do not know, but I, I'm pretty sure it's not necessarily, like, a baddie, like a villain. Like, I think it's just someone who was actually thinking they were helping her. Um, right. But, yeah, we'll see. I have theories um, that are not dissimilar to uh, Starbuck Caprica stuff, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. but uh, that is um, dependent. That's based on stuff in the the next time next week on trailer and um oh, I and i know for some those. yeah for some people that is spoilery stuff. So I'm not going to go into it too much, but I just you know. I would love if the show didn't go to a creepy baby factory rapey place. Um, however, they haven't done that yet, and it does feel like the kind of horrible, depressing, cynical thing that the show would do. So there's that. We'll see. Well, oh boy, I I don't know. I hope not. But uh, I hope not. <laughs> but I think you brought up the most interesting question, Kate. And what about Morgan? Because we do see Morgan in the last episode. And I think for me personally, the thing I'm most interested in is Morgan. I want to know when he's coming back and how. How are they going to introduce this guy back into the group? Jake, how how about you, Beth and Morgan? Uh, Well, as for Beth, I have no idea. I guess that's just why I was asking. Um, Morgan, I don't know. I like that was probably up until this season, probably my favorite episode of the show. Um, the season three one. Uh, so I guess um, 
I don't know. I don't know how they could bring him back into the show, though. Like, I don't know what his storylines in the comics are supposed to be or how he would even fit into this group now. So I don't really have a prediction about that. I, I th- you know, I'm, I'm with you, Ricky. I would not be surprised to see him make a triumphant return in like the midseason finale or the right before the midseason finale. Just like they're about to get into a big fight and some shots fire out of the woods and all the bad guys fall down and it's like, woohoo, Morgan. Um, I was kind of expecting some of that with the uh, Gareth's group, but I'm glad they they didn't, you know, go there. I always feel like they kind of get um, bogged down in probably budget things when they end up at places like the church or Herschel's farm or whatever, and they kind of have to stay in these certain spots with the same types of zombies in the same locales. Mm-hmm. But I kind of agree too; like they should kind of try to reach out a little bit more to make it more interesting. Like the water thing last episode was really interesting because we haven't seen anything like that before. But we've seen a lot of other things time and time again. So, hey, I got a question for Kate because you're American. What's the geography here? Like, how far is Washington from where they are now? It depends on where they are now, which I'm not really sure of. If you want to say how far is uh, Washington from Atlanta, mm-hmm. maybe. Well, because they do show a map. Yeah, but I'm not, you know, I'm not as familiar with with the southern, you know, southeast U.S. So um, I would need to freeze frame to look more closely. But uh, but if you're looking at Atlanta to Washington, D.C., just like on Google Maps, that's going to be like 640 miles, uh, 10 hours by car. Um, But, you know, that. They, I don't know exactly where they are in relation to Atlanta at this point, um, but I'm sure one of our listeners could probably help us out with that with the map. So let us know. On that note, we should wrap things up. Um, Jake, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. Uh, where can our listeners find you and your work online? Uh, best thing to do would just follow me on Twitter at Jake underscore Petrie, P-I-T-R-E. And Ricky, how about you? On Twitter, it's Sound on Sight, and of course, you can follow uh, my Walking Dead coverage, uh, meaning written reviews over at soundonsight.org. Like us on Facebook, Sound on Sight. We're reaching 10,000 likes, people. Yay! And follow us on Tumblr. We have like a whole lot of followers on Tumblr. You can find me on Twitter at The Televerse. The Televerse is the TV podcast I host, uh, co-host over at Sound on Sight. You can also find some of my written work up at The AV Club. Um, but again, the best place to find me, just like these guys, is, is on Twitter at The Televerse. And so I hope to hear from you guys about this episode and what you're thinking of the season so far. Uh, speaking of the season so far, next week we'll be talking about Slabtown, episode four, written by Matthew Negrete, written, uh, directed by Michael E. Sestrazimus. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Thank you, Jake, one more time. And we'll be back next week. You took me in. Because you took people in. It was you, man. But I said yesterday, I ain't revising it. Even in light of current events. Nightmares end. They shouldn't end who you are. And that is just this dead man's opinion. Change.